Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again today on the Word Podcast. <clears throat> Isn't it exciting when you actually figure out the solution to a little problem? <laughs> I know the last couple of episodes that we've been together, I had something that wasn't quite right <clears throat> with uh, the computer setup with this podcast. And I, I actually do these things from two or three, four different locations. It just depends on what day, what time, where life is. You know how that is. <clears throat> and so trying to keep a consistent sound uh, is a little hard. Now, you know, we always have sound you can hear, I think, most of the time. But sometimes things don't, uh, they're not mixed quite right. But I had this one little thing and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I was doing something that's entirely different uh, yesterday, and I looked over and I thought, why is that little box right there unchecked? And then I saw what the label of the box was, and I said, you know, I bet that is what's going on right there. I bet that's what's happening. And I clicked the box, and I think it is. It's probably something that you're, you won't even be aware of. But you know how it is? You're aware of when there's a problem. You're aware of when there's something going on. And so I think the Word really speaks a lot to those kind of situations, you know, of just uh, uh, arresting and trusting and, and keep pursuing and keep working and keep pressing on. So we're in the uh, book of Ephesians right now, continuing our examination of that. And we're over in the fifth chapter. And in the fifth chapter, we've already seen that we are, as believers, uh, to walk in honor of one another, that we are to submit to one another. Remember that great that great phrase, be subject to one another? That's in verse 21. Then immediately after that, verse 22, it says, wives, be subject to your own husbands. And in the, um, in the, the English puts the words be submit in there, and that's not really in the Greek uh, translations that we have. So the flow of ideas like this, at the end of verse 21, it says, and be subject to one another, in the fear of Christ. Wives, your own husbands as to the Lord. So he's given examples of how we are to, uh, to walk in submission and how we're to be subject to one another. And he's, and he's going to start dealing with uh, the family and the, the governmental structure of a family that are believers. And so I think that helps us to, to see what the context is and not go too far swinging the pendulum either way, which we are you know, want to do. So we saw that wives would be uh, subject to the husbands in the same way that uh, the church is subject to Christ because he is head. Now, verse 25, it says this, husbands. <laughs> and so, yeah, now it's the husband's turn, right? So he speaks to the wives, really he speaks to all of us first, don't forget that, that we are to submit to one another. That's how we're to live. And then he says, wives, to your husbands, to your own husbands, not to other husbands, but to your own husbands. Now he says, husbands, love your wives. That's the first thing he says to him. It is a mandate, is an instruction, is a command, is an imperative, whatever word you want to use. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So the, the wives are to submit to their husbands in the same way that the church submits to the head, Christ himself, okay? But then husbands are to love their wives in the same way that Christ loved the church. Well, what did Christ do for the church? He gave himself up. Well, why did he do that? Verse 26 tells us, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And then the sentence continues on the 27th verse, but hang on, let's just look at this real quick. That he might sanctify her, 
having cleansed her. So it's chronologically a little out of sequence, but the idea is there that when he died on the cross, when he gave himself up for us and he was resurrected from the dead, those who uh, believe that, repent and confess and call upon the name of the Lord and are baptized and believe that, they're cleansed. And they're cleansed by the washing of the word, water with the word. And people say, well, that right there proves that uh, baptism is a part of salvation. No, 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 it doesn't. What it's saying is that that word that was proclaimed from long ago that Messiah would do this has come to fruition. Okay, And so when you believe that, you're cleansed. Then when you're cleansed, he continues to sanctify us. We continue to grow in holiness. We continue to grow in righteousness. Not my holiness, not my righteousness, but the holiness and righteousness of the Most High God dwelling within us. I know what people say, well, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Yes, when you look at the totality of the Scripture, you find out that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And all the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit, and that wondrous mystery of the triune nature of the Godhead dwells within us. And so he sanctifies us. He grows us in righteousness. So, verse 26 again. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church, this is verse 27, in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she would be holy and blameless. So in the midst, he's about to pick up the husband thing here again in the next verse. In the midst of this explaining to husbands how he how the husband is to love his wife, we get this phenomenal little insight into who the church is and why the Lord did what he did and the relationship that the Lord has with the church. Verse 27 says he did this to where he could present to himself the church in all her glory. You know, and, you know, quite often, and, and, you know, I do it all the time, and there's nothing wrong with this, but we point out what is happening within, particularly the organizational church, religious aspect of the church, which is not of God, and the things that are correct, incorrect, and that kind of stuff. But we don't need to lose sight that the church is glorious. The church, the organism, the church uh, that the Lord died for, and that he presented to himself in all her glory, notice what he says, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she would be holy and blameless. The church positionally, the church, the organism, is holy, is blameless. It has no spot, no wrinkle, or any such thing positionally. Now, do we walk in rebellion? Do we, who are uh, the believers of the church, do we do that? Yeah, yeah. But it's not because we're not able to, to live holy and live blameless. We totally are. The reason we sin, you know, how many times have I said this? It's quite simple. It's because we want to. It's not because we're required to. It's not because we have to, because we had to. It's not the spirit of Flip Wilsonism. The devil made me do it, and I couldn't do anything about it, right? No, it's simply because we have chosen to do so. And so the church in all its glory, the Lord has done all this to present himself the church in the same way the husband is to love their wives, verse 28. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. See, as the body of Christ is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, we're to love our own wives in the same way we love our own bodies. Verse 28 again, he who loves his own wife loves himself, 29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it 
just as Christ also does the church, verse 30, because we are members of his body. Okay, he picks up that idea again that we're members of the one body. Remember back in uh, chapter 4, the beginning of that chapter, he emphasized the oneness of the body of Christ. And what he's saying is that the husband, you need to love your wife because you love him as your own body. You've never hated your own body. Okay, no one's ever hated his own flesh. But what do you do with your body? You nourish it. You cherish it. You take care of it in the same way that Christ does the church. So husbands, in the same way that Christ loves the church, in the same way that he nourishes it, in the same way that he cherishes it, we need to love our wives in the same exact way. Now, verse 31 continues to thaw. I'm going to have to stop right here, and we'll pick it up next time. But 31 is actually a quote from Genesis. Remember this? For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. That's the next verse. And it says, for this reason. For what reason? For what we were just talking about, of how the husband is to love his wife, to nourish her, to cherish her, and to treat her in the same way that Christ treats the church. Anyway, we'll pick that up in the next episode. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. As always, please share about these times with your friends, your family, your enemies, whoever. And if you want to go back and get some back episodes, and you can go to my website. You can see the podcast there. You can see the blog there. You can see a place at the top of the page where if you'd like to help support these times, I'd greatly appreciate it. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.